0: Welcome, welcome to another edition of the Business Chef Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Sean Boucher. And today we are talking about one of my favorite things. We're always talking about my favorite things, as you've noticed. One of my favorite things is people. I love people. I love developing people. I love providing opportunities to people. I love working with people for the most part. I've always said that. This business and any business, people are both our greatest asset as well as our greatest liability, but I dare to lean more towards them being our best asset. With that said, we have a great guest today. Michael McHenry from Even Stevens is here today. He is a good longtime friend of mine, someone who I have known for a long time and kind of grown up with. He and I have very similar mentors and people that we've worked with. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I think you will too. He's got some great insights, some great energy, and he is one of the greatest operators that I know of. Um, Somebody that I've worked closely with that I can vouch for. And he's just a good guy, just a good dude. So without further ado, let's talk to Michael and find out he got started in this business.
1: Well, uh, quite the journey, right? I think it's uh, been in the industry now about 15 years. So if I kind of skip back to that point, Sean, I think even part of that early journey included you and I working together uh, to some extent. Uh, And so, um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, finance is my background and... uh, And I never really saw myself coming into the food business. Uh, But I did have a unique opportunity years ago, uh, about 15 years ago, um, where uh, I was actually leasing a space from a couple of bowling proprietors. Bowling was my... With my life, you know, early, early in my journey, bowling is is really what got my start in business. It's it's what accelerated my education. It's really what taught me, um, you know, how to really be that team player. And also, I, I think that someone that is very goal oriented. I think that when you realize that you spend your your entire life knocking all pin, you know all ten pins down on on one try, I think you realize that you become very goal oriented from that. And so, I leased a space uh, from a bowling alley years ago. And during that time, uh, for my sports shop, and so it was anything that had to do with you know bowling or equipment, et cetera. And uh, I was approached by the gentleman that owned it, and they had a restaurant idea. And uh, and when they had that idea, they felt like, hey, you, we believe you'd be the right fit for the, you know, to be the first general manager of this of this concept. And we like your energy. We like your 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 uh, your charisma, you know, kind of your ability to kind of influence others. And, um, and so they saw me as a good fit and I saw it as a great opportunity, a little outside of what I was looking to do at the time I was going to school and work in my own business. And, uh, but I took them up on it. And, you know, that business today now has, I think, close to 100 locations or maybe more. And that really prepared me for a journey in the business. Um, Coming in as the the first general manager of their second ever location and then uh, really earning the opportunity from there to not only become the first general manager, but then to lead into you know, a, a training manager into, you know, a new store opening manager into a regional type position and, and quickly found myself, um, you know, accelerating my career, I think at a, at a young age and uh, find again, finding myself in the driver's seat of being able to not only lead and develop, I think, high performance teams, but finding myself in a unique position where I was really working on the brand concept. And it's always intrigued me to, to be with a brand and an organization from startup to what I refer to as Scalar Enterprise. And so uh, every brand that I've been a part of in kind of my short yet, I think, purposeful career um, has always started at, at one to two locations and it's accelerated its growth in, in, in a quick time and I think in a very viable time. And so um, that's how it got started. I just, I got offered, you know, basically on the back of a napkin an opportunity to be the general manager of, of the second location of a, of a thriving brand. And uh, I went all in.
0: Nice. Well, obviously, we've got some history. And uh, I remember those days. It's funny, because I didn't realize that's how you got your start. I didn't realize that that was, (laughs) that was it. That was it. But yeah, it's interesting. So obviously, going from there, you moved into multiple concepts, you've been uh, kind of the head honcho in a lot of places. And you've also been the head dishwasher in a, in a few capacities at times and
1: absolutely I've I've just I've had the blessing of, of really working I think all facets of the operation um, I think even today um you know, as, as president uh, and co-founder of the Even Stevens brand, you're going to find me in the dining rooms as much as you're going to find me in, in, you know, in the office, you know, driving the future. Uh, because I, I really believe in that connectivity. I really believe in being hands-on in the experience. Uh, but I also believe in how much we learn from that guest experience and, and how much we learn from working peer-to-peer, whether that's with line cooks, chefs, servers, expeditors, cashiers, um, you know, those that are leading in our dining rooms from the greeting side of it. I, I, I think that not only do I gain our, my most inspiration from that, I feel like we have our greatest impacts, um, when we're arm in arm in the dining experience. And, um, and so you're going to catch me, uh, working the floor still to this day. Um, you know, even Stevens has not only grown rapidly, but we're, we're causing quite a bit of disruption, I think in, in, in many good ways. And in very, uh, I think in very sustaining ways. Um, I think we're elevating, um, the craft sandwich experience. And I also believe that the experiences that we're creating inside of our four walls today, um, is, is just truly unique and, and very, uh, very personalized and very intimate and not only localized from the community side of it, but localized within those individuals. I mean, I think today more than ever, I think that at times you can be viewed as this, this president or, you know, C-suite or executive inside the location and you walk in and everybody moves a little faster and they're a little scared. And when I walk in, it's, it's all high fives and smiles and they know that we're going to roll up our sleeves and go to work together. And, um, it's, that's just important to me in the experience.
0: Well, and I, I feel very similarly to that and obviously having been in similar roles, I know that it's very important to lead by example and so talk a little bit about Even Stevens and how that came to be and, and that whole process to where you are now.
1: Yeah. So Even Stevens was said just such a unique, uh, vision from the very start. Um, you know, our founder, Steve Down, my business partner, approached me, I think about four years ago now. It's kind of wild to think that even Stevens is just coming up on our fourth birthday. Um, and so, in, in fact, we served our first sandwich on June 24th of 2014. And so, as you can see, we're just uh, a couple of months away from, from our four-year anniversary. And, and I think at times, we're kind of stand back and go like, wow, you know, 20 locations, six states, uh, close to 700 team members, you know, serving close to 40,000 customers a week and we've donated to date over 2.6 million sandwiches to over 80 nonprofit partners so it's kind of wild to think that's happened in such a short period of time but it would not have been possible uh, without uh, Steve's vision without you know the vision of, of he believed that we could find a restaurant near the University of Utah and that for every sandwich we sold we would then donate a sandwich to a local nonprofit or we would then in turn donate a sandwich to the communities hungry sandwich for sandwich and what that's evolved into now uh sean is a true craft mission that for every sandwich sold we're donating a sandwich to a local nonprofit partner Specific and unique to that neighborhood. So when you buy in downtown Salt Lake City, we donate a sandwich to downtown Salt Lake City through a unique partner, um, again, specific to that location. So every one of our locations works with four unique nonprofit partners. And like I mentioned before, we're up to 20 locations now um, across six states. And our average location is donating um, somewhere in the range of seven to 8,000 sandwiches a month. Wow. Wow, that's a, that's huge. And so, what made that all possible is someone that I believe that was outside of the restaurant industry, who was not um, maybe intimidated or challenged by what we oftentimes refer to as is kind of limited margins or or um, you know the the opportunity for us to go in and, and sacred resources, sacred you know sacred operating costs, and and our opportunity to really create some gross profits that that uh, allow us to be a very viable brand. And that's where we synced up, you know, my, my experience, especially leading up to even Stevens has primarily been in operations, um, from again, startup to scale. And so really identifying those ways that we can bring viability to the company and we can bring stability and sustainability, but also, um, position it for scale and scale has always excited me, um, you know, being able to, uh, to, you know, Bring a concept to a place where we can, you know, bring it to communities, you know, across the country.
0: That's awesome. Well, I, I know, I mean, I've eaten there a few times. It's definitely good. And it's one of those things that when you've got a mission behind it, I think you draw a different crowd also. So talk about some of that, some of the, the marketing efforts and some of the things that make you guys different, because obviously being a nonprofit is, is a different scenario than maybe what most of the operators are used to.
1: Well, I think what's important to know is that Even Stevens is absolutely a for-profit company. Um, we just support nonprofits as our infinite reason. You know, Eat to Give has always been about um, coming into the neighborhood and not only uh, coming in to achieve our own goals and, and aspirations, and you know me, Sean, you know me well. You, you, No one ever accuses me for thinking small or acting small. Um, going massive is a, is a huge deal for me, um, and especially going massive with those that I truly believe in and that believe in us. And, uh, you know, even Stevens has is, is always been – uh, in the position where we believe truly to our core and our DNA that when we come into a neighborhood, not only are we highly motivated to achieve again our goals and aspirations and, and infinite reason, but to get directly involved in achieving the goals and well-being of the neighborhood, and that's a huge differentiator of ours. That's that really separates us, I think, from the marketplace because we don't only believe in our success; we believe in the success of everyone around us. Um, you know, I'll go, I'll go the direction here. I think that we have one of the most uh, kind of gifted and talented, you know, artesian bread chefs, I believe, in the country. Um, and oftentimes people go, why don't you make your own bread? And um, what's interesting about that, Sean, is that we've always said that when we come into a neighborhood, we want to identify that local bakery and we want to collaborate and we want to build bread together that we believe is right and fitting to our menu. And then we grow our business and their business collectively. Like, their business grows with ours and vice versa, and we love that. Um, you know, even Stevens, as we come into the neighborhood, no two are the same for that reason. You know, this is, this is neighborhood place building for us. This is an opportunity not only to donate sandwiches to the community, but to really build a restaurant that is specific and, and localized to the neighborhood where we're doing business, that this is a place where they can come in and, and, and connect, whether that's with other locals in their neighborhood, whether that's when you come in and see our aesthetics and you see that we're paying homage to the legacy of that neighborhood, to that building, um, you know, to um, how that community really ticks and talks and how even Stevens is not coming in to change that. Even Stevens is coming into the neighborhood to be a catalyst for furthering it and improving it through food.
0: And that's, that is so amazing. I mean, obviously food is a very, um, collaborative thing. It's a very, uh, endearing thing. It's something that we all know about and we all love and we all gravitate towards. And so being able to use that as a catalyst is huge. Now, one of the things that I know you for, and I've always known you for is obviously your dynamic personality, which I'm sure is, is going to come through to the listeners, but um one of the things i think that you are probably better at than most that i've seen in my career is really building a team and a culture and and furthering a mission by really getting people behind it so talk about that a little bit what do, how do you do that how do you how do you get a group of people that are very different with different Aspirations and different likes and different goals, and how do you get them on the same page, and how do you get them furthering the vision of, of even Stevens
1: well first, i'm a little humbled by that I pr- appreciate the kind words Sean uh, you and I have, have basically known each other, or worked in some capacity near each other, I think for most of my career, um, and so you I think you're someone that's been able to be you know somewhat like hand in hand in it and also from a distance, so it's uh, a compliment well received, and I appreciate that. Um, I'll tell you that when it comes to, and, and this is aside from even Stevens, let's just talk a little more uh, foundationally you know, and principally. And I think it's something that I learned early on, uh, not only in my career, early on as, as a team player uh, in, in sports, but also just in a, in a place where I, I decided to make a choice. I actually saw myself make a shift um, when I realized that I was able to take myself pretty far when it was about me. When I was focused on me, I could be a top, you know, I could be the fastest chef in the kitchen. I could be the fastest, you know, line cook. I could, you know, ultimately uh, be a top producing general manager. You know, I I felt confident I could hire good teams and create uh, big results. Um, And then I just found myself sort of mature into a different space. And it no longer became about what I could achieve personally or, you know, uh, what I was investing in. But it really shifted to like who I invest in. And that when it comes to prioritizing key stakeholders, that the moment that I I wouldn't say surrendered, but the moment that I realized that it's about getting other people to the other to the to the other side, it's about really finding a way that I can truly champion others to their full potential, that's when my entire career changed. My entire career changed when when I started prioritizing the key stakeholders, when I put my team members Absolutely. First, when when I realized that there was no greater way to seek their full potential to protect the experience of our customers uh, and or protect the investment of our equity partners than to actually provide every resource, you know, tool experience, you know, bit of influence um, and empowerment I could to that team. I realized that the fruitful byproduct of that was you know a cult like following a a customer base that that truly feels loved in the experience not just liked but they walk into an even stevens they they come through the line they they're they're embraced by someone who absolutely loves their job who absolutely loves food and wants them to spend time in that in that dining experience, really connecting not only within Even Stevens, but again, within those around them in the neighborhood where we do business. And so that really all shifted for me when I really started to work foundationally on finding a way to truly make my team the top priority. So that's first, um, at the Even Stevens side of it, this is where it gets a little, uh, I think again, it's, it's disrupting compared to most and not what you and I are used to, Um, You know, for years, I believe we're looking for that like big personality that is that is dynamic, that is that we can count on, that is timely and experienced, um, is efficient, has spent most of their career in the kitchen, Um, their career servers, their career cashiers. They just they understand hospitality and they get service. And we opened even Stevens that way. We opened even Stevens with that focus. And interestingly enough, it backfired. Um, We found ourselves finding those individuals that um, we were so used to hiring that that wanted full-time hours and another 50 cents an hour and pay me a dollar more. And Michael, I'm your guy. I'll be here forever. And uh, until the next guy opens, you know, next door for another dollar an hour. And as as, though I believe that I had some dynamics and ability to, to, I, I believe that we've always had good retention within my teams. Um, kind of taking the mainstream approach, just backfired at even Stevens early on. And, and what it did is it it challenged me to step outside of it, Sean, it challenged me to step outside of it and go, why? Like, why, why don't you want to work for this great organization, right? Sounds a little biased, but it's like, it's hip, it's cool. It's life changing. Um, it's good. Uh, we, we care about the ingredients we're fully chef driven we've got good leadership we've got good locations we've got a, a, an exciting growth ramp you know we're well capitalized all of those um, all of those components come together and I had to step outside of it and realize like why aren't individuals wanting to stick to this in our first year our turnover was quite high and what I realized in that moment is that We were taking an approach that was mainstream to our experiences and mainstream to the industry where you're out there seeking individuals for your vision you're out there seeking the most productive line cook, the most qualified chef, the the biggest brightest personality at the register, the the server that's you can count on that that has the regulars and, you know, gets the gets the high compliments, gets the high yelps, you know, people request her section, you know, the is efficient, they're multifaceted, all of the above. And of course I want all of those things and I don't I don't shy away from those that that have spent their their careers there. Um But what we realized is that we were out there hiring for a vision that didn't realize or actualize it even Stevens. And I shifted it. And I said, we're no longer going to go out there and seek, you know, the career cook, the career server, you know, that, that, that industry professional that we believe just because of the glowing resume that they've had in other brands that they're going to be incredible here. What we did is we said, we're going to go out and identify individuals that want to make a difference, that really want to make a difference in their neighborhood. And then to simplify this, we're gonna go, we're gonna teach you how to put two slices of bread together. So what we've done, Sean, is we've really built a team uh, locationally, um, you know, across the country now, in a way where these individuals really wanna make a real difference, and they're seeing the opportunity to do it through food. And when you look at kind of industry averages, you look at how, and you know a lot of these, these metrics, But you look at the average fast casual brands across the country are experiencing turnover greater than 60%. And if you just take an average fast casual team size in a restaurant, I believe is about 30 team members and over a six month period, you're, you're, you're turning over close to 20. 20 team members every six months. Just think about the cost. Think about the training. Think about just the sheer turnover. And that's a real metric. Um, I think it's close. Um, I don't want you to hold that to me, by the way. But I think if you jumped onto uh, you know, an industry you know, publication and searched that, I think it's going to be pretty close. Even Stevens has a turnover um, across the country for, for the past six months that's lower than 30%. Wow. And so when you see it's 50% better than the average is, I think you have to find a way to, to build a niche. And it allows us this unique opportunity not only to identify individuals that want to make a difference in their neighborhood, but what's inter- interesting about individuals that want to make a difference, they're highly teachable. And when they know they're creating change through their work, they're bought in differently.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, you can see it. When you go into the restaurants, you can see the countenance of people you can see the way that they move the way they interact not only with customers but with each other and I think that's something that is is unique also to what I've seen you do is that a lot of times it's kind of what you said everybody's kind of in it for themselves they're in it for the next 50 cents or dollar an hour or they're in it for the next resume position that they can list that will get them to the next you know dollar an hour or more job whatever it is but it's it's shifting that culture from me 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 my 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 to us. team team us us and that's the part I think that we as as operators have to realize more because we're we're getting to a point in this this industry where it's not going to get any easier to hire people. Yep. Everyone out there is short staffed right now, and there's got there's got to be a way to do it differently because obviously the way we've done it's not working.
1: Well, there's no question, John, that, that, that today more than ever, it's far more about we and never about me. And it's something that we live by at Even Stevens, that we celebrate individualism. We celebrate – we truly celebrate be who you is. When you walk in and you see a team, what, we, what we've done is I believe that we've created an environment where we champion individuals to be themselves. And that we're not we're not programming them robotically, we're not, you know, going into this place of you must say please and thank you and my pleasure to everyone that walks through the door. But yet we have an expectation that we say that everyone who comes through our line, everyone who takes a bite of our sandwich or a fork full of our salad or dips one of our saucy tots, you know, or takes on a staff hack in some way or eats a party top and cracks a beer, whatever it may be. Our goal is that at every one of those bites, following every bit of that essence, we want to create an advocate. And however you go about that, in the, you must be ethical, you must be professional, but however you go about creating that advocacy is all you. And we as an organization, me as a president, we're here to tool you in that journey. We're here to support you in that journey. And so what you're finding is when you walk into an even Stevens and you see that people are enjoying it, they've created that. They've created this opportunity to surround themselves with like-minded peers because we're out there identifying like-minded individuals and their like-mindedness is not just motivation for the most hours and being the fastest, but how do we collectively come together and truly change people's lives through our craft and mission? How do we change lives through food? And so to make the cut, it even Stevens, it's far more about your love and commitment to community your understanding of food and do you know food you and I have both had similar mentors around food and you talk about appreciating it and 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 the true value of it and even Stevens we always talk about the difference between craft and commodity is that craft is done by people who truly love it and that's important to us like it's not just a tomato in our world it's a tomato right it's not just it's not just a loaf of bread or a slice of bread it's like we really want to understand whose hands were in it and like why we stand behind it. And when we break something off and we taste it, we want to know textures. We want to know depth. We want to know flavors. We don't know why not only Chef chose this, but why we as an, as an, as an organization and brand stand behind the choices we make at the center of our plate.
0: Well, so along those lines and kind of shifting gears a little yeah. bit here, if you were to say start another brand if you were to um, mentor or coach or teach or train someone who's coming through the ranks, who wants to start a brand, who wants to be the next big thing, what do you tell them?
1: <laughs> hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's absolutely hold on. Uh, but I will tell you that that um, there's just something inside of me that's about being absolute. And, and um, I think oftentimes... As an entrepreneur, as someone who's started multiple brands, but seeking young entrepreneurs or even seasoned entrepreneurs, I think oftentimes we want it to be perfect. And I believe if I have one bit of of advice to give to the young entrepreneur or those starting a business, specifically a restaurant, is I live by this foundationally, which is 70% right, 110% sure, and be unwavering in your pursuit and absolute in your vision like be so clear on it that you don't have to be perfect, but it is right enough that you're all in. And so I think oftentimes we spend so much time in the creative process, checking every single box that we never get to market, you know, or, or the idea gets there and we're deflated because it didn't go as planned. And so when you're absolute, you can stay versatile and understanding this is a tough, tough, competitive business. And if you don't see value or seek gratification in the heart, in the hard work. If you, if you don't seek gratification in being a disruptor um, and you're not truly passionate about your business and specifically the restaurant business, don't get in it. Because unless you love it and unless you are, are relentlessly and unwaverly and, and an un, committed in an unwavering way, it's, it's just it's, – it's too –
0: it will eat you up piece. and spit you out. And,
1: and by the way, I've been eaten up. You know. <laughs> and, and I've, you know, oftentimes people go overnight success. i mean to tell you that, that opening a new restaurant uh, on average per month over the course of the past 16 months um, is hard work. And when you're adding hundreds of team members by year and you're adding new states, not new stores, but new states – um, there's a new challenge that follows that. And so 70% right, 110% sure, um, just absolute near vision, unwavering in your pursuit.
0: Well, and that's one thing I think that I could definitely echo is that you are all in you've always been all in you've always (laughs) statute on me (laughs) there you go there you go (laughs) so you know one of the things that I think that um, people especially nowadays and especially as I talk to young entrepreneurs or I talk to people who are coming up in the industry is there's this perception that if I get in and I meet the right people I do the right things then somehow things are going to take off or I'm going to get a food network contract or I'm going to, you know, all those things. And, you know, you, you hear it too. I think one of the biggest disservices that we've done to the up and coming generation is give them a false sense of hope in the sense that they this business is, it is a business at the end of the day. You know, it's not just about arts. It's not just about the craft. It's not, it is a business And I think one of the things that a lot of people fall short of is the business skills and the know-how. Obviously, with your background in finance, you had an advantage there. So for someone who is coming up through the ranks and wants to eventually get into your position or wants to build a brand or wants to be a business owner of some sort, what do you tell that person? How should they start? What should they focus on?
1: Well, just to echo again, what you're saying, which is, um, I think there's the, that's the reason that there's such a high failure rate in the restaurant business in the restaurant industry is that, Hey, I have the world's best meatball. I'm going to have the world's best business. And you're right. Um, you absolutely cannot find yourself in a situation where you're just that artist or you're uh, great at menu. You're great at, at, menu execution. You're a great chef or, or maybe you're a, a great manager, but does not make you a great proprietor, right? Or a, or a great owner, you know, you might be visionary and I think there's an opportunity for you. You've got to access your skills. You have to really understand where you are in your skill set, and, and you either have to go out and identify the areas where you have gaps, um, specifically in your business acumen. Um, I mean that, I think that's probably what's positioned me, uh, most productively in my career is that I, I believe that, that I have a level of acumen that I continue to seek. I'm constantly evaluating the market. I'm constantly evaluating my skills. I've, um, Uh, you know, I've spent the last uh, seven to eight years at the C-suite of, of, you know, restaurant enterprise and organization. And, and throughout my career, I've always had an executive coach. I've always had a mentor and advisor that is paid, that is there to make me better, that is there to challenge my mind, to challenge my status quo, to, to make sure that I'm constantly in this place of grabbing new and, and, and grabbing big, heavy lifting, you know, big, big ideas, big improvements and I go to work on them. And so I think the biggest advice is I evaluate where you are in your skill set. And if you're a great chef but you lack some business acumen, then then I would advise you to to surround yourself with some mentors. Build your network. Get to get to understand what running a business is like. Go manage for someone. Go, go pick up some management, you know, go, go, you know, further your skills that way. Grab some education, grab some podcasts, you know, read some books, find me. I, I, I love nothing more than helping others, uh, you know, really seek their potential. And I think in, in an hour I can really help you identify, you know, where, where I think the areas you you should be focused on to build your business. And so I think it's evaluate where you currently are and where your skill sets are. Go out and close those gaps, whether that's in your learning or continued learning, you know, continuous improvement in that way, or surround yourself with some partners or a team to close those gaps for you and be confident in that space.
0: It's, it's the simplest and hardest thing to do right there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I, I, I tell people when it comes to building business partners, you know, I think oftentimes you want business partners that, that are so like you, that you want to spend time with, that you want to hang with and recreate with. And you see, you see food in the same way. You see operations very similarly. You, you see, um, you know, brand and you see experience in in a similar way. And I take almost the opposite effect. I build partners and, and hire individuals that I know can not only further me, but they can further everything that we do. You know, we have a, a store opening here coming up in the next couple of months, and that's not going to be our 21st version of the first thing we ever built. That'll be the 21st most furthering version of the Even Stevens experience. And I believe today, more than ever, we're stronger because of the individuals that we've gone out and specifically recruited and that we've attracted to improve us as individuals and further our brand. And um, it's hard. And so for me, I find those gaps, you know, I find those areas where I believe that I bring a variety of skills to the table, but I'm not an expert in some spaces, right? I can, I can handle a knife. I understand food. I understand presentation. I understand quality of it. I, I probably understand, uh, more about food and that experience. than I think most that, that grow their careers and operations, but I don't consider myself a chef, but I do understand the right chef and the right chef for me and the right chef within my organization. And so I am, I am absolute in, in seeking those gaps and closing them with the right partners and team members.
0: And I think that's the true mark of a, of, of a leader is being able to see where the deficiencies are or where some of the gaps are and being able to close those without necessarily the, um, the ego or the, the, you know, me first type mentality, you really have to let go of that. You have to, you really have to be able to put your team first. Like you were saying, you have to be able to put priorities first and not feelings or emotions. You have to be able to put and look at things objectively to a point where decisions are being made in a way that is, is going to be best for the brand, even though it might not be
1: best for you. You so beautifully said and I see it far too often and at times I have to remind us, am I holding this too close to the chest? Am I pinching off my potential or our potential as a company because of my own, um, my own insecurities, you know, my, my own lack of understanding, ignorance or confidences. And when you really do, I think early on, I mentioned it is surrender. I don't know if that's the ba- best word or maybe lack for a better term, but when you find yourself in a place to confidently know and understand you and that you are comfortable knowing what you're good at and what you're not, um, I think one of the highlights for me over the course of the past maybe three to four years is and a compliment that I take quite well, is like, hey, Michael's a very self aware leader. Like he's he he knows what he's good at and he has no problem letting, you know, individuals know where, where I might not have it. Or, or I'm seeking, you know, input, collaboration, and, and true value. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so true. I think today, again, more than ever, it's, it's a journey of, of just self-understanding, self-awareness, and uh, being confident in that. Um, pe- people are too smart today. Like, we're too smart. And we can, as good as we are, we can each day look in that mirror and try to fool the person that we see. But at the end of the day, you're not fooling those around you. And especially when you're building teams that are bought in, when they're absolutely bought in, there's just there's no there's no there's no BS with that. This is this is real life.
0: You've got to be authentic. Yeah, people yes. people follow authenticity. I've I fully fully agree with that. I have seen that throughout the course of my life. Um, last but not least, if someone does want to get a hold of you or find out more about. What you're doing, or even Stevens? Yeah. What's the best way to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, of course, you can check out my LinkedIn, uh, Michael K McHenry. Uh, So you can check out my LinkedIn. um, Check out my Instagram. Uh, You know, my Instagram handle is Michael K McHenry. Check out my stories. See my posts. Um, I'm always trying to walk my journey there. I'm not a big social media guy. As crazy as that sounds, I have a huge team that is so dedicated to it that are kind of prying at me like, you got to get on Facebook. You got to spend more on LinkedIn. You got to spend more time there. But I think, uh, you know, LinkedIn and Instagram are the best way. And I'd love to see in our restaurants. Um, you know, uh, again, my handles, Michael K McHenry, uh, check it out, but come into the dining rooms. If you're around, ask for me. Um, you know, I, I oft, our HQ is, is near the Sugar House location, um, and, and you can oftentimes catch me there. I'm, I'm in that parking lot. I'm on the sidewalk. I, I think oftentimes people may not even know it's me, you know, because I'm not walking around, you know, letting people know like, hey, this is my brand. I'm the president of the organization. I'm just checking on tables, checking on mills. I want to hear about what you're doing. We, we launched uh, our $2 sides this week. And so for every entree, uh, you know, every sandwich that you buy, you can add one of our sides for 2 and so I'm just, I'm kind of hiding out in there. I want to see how people are responding to it. And, and really the, you know, the community's knocked on our door and said, can you make this a possibility? And, and we've, we've responded with today saying, yes, we can. And here we are. And so eager to always get feedback. Um, that's something that's so important to me. I, I love to hear the experiences, you know, good, bad or ugly.
0: Well, that's awesome. And, and he is, I can say, a true professional because he, he brought me food and no one else has brought me food. So I have to have to give a shout out to that and some props to that. But it was interesting what you said when you brought that food, because you said, this is what we do. And that really stood out to me, because at the end of the day, even though it's a business, even though, you know, we're, we're artists and craftsmen, and, and we all play a part in different ways. And we all have, you know, different levels of buy-in. At the end of the day, it's about nourishing, it's about nurturing, it's about providing a service for someone and i think once we lose sight of that and once we lose lose the bigger picture um a lot of times that's when it gets the hardest that's when we lose the motivation and that's when we start to maybe look elsewhere or think the grass is greener
1: absolutely i mean uh the food service to us and, and really to me is just, it's so much more than a job. It's, it's a lifestyle. And we know that food truly does connect everyone. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's what we do. It's a, it's our art, it's our craft, it's our passion. It's, and it's sacred. Like everyone has to eat. And, um, and so now I just appreciate the time with you. It was great to sync up with you and talk to you about this journey a bit and would love to, you know, continue to, to share the good stuff taking place in and around our shops and, uh, you know, would, would, uh, look forward to the opportunity to high five in a few of you listeners and, um, you know, let's, let's continue to, to be massive and do great things.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. And I'm sure that we'll catch up with you again. Absolutely. Cheers. This Business Chef podcast was brought to you by the Culinary Technology Fund. To find out more about how you can make a difference in the lives of culinarians as well as creating a more sustainable food service industry, email us info at with Culinary Technology Fund in the subject line.